0: Hey, y'all, welcome to Transform Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'm your host, Stephanie Zeller. I turned on my microphone last week and just started recording. And I think this message was one that I needed to really hear and to remind myself of. And I have a feeling that a lot of you need to hear this message too. So, from my heart to yours, I hope that this episode resonates. And if somebody pops into your mind while you're listening, send this episode to them too, and maybe they can benefit also. So, without further ado, please enjoy this little episode from my heart to yours. Welcome to Transform. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, I want to talk about feeling good. Feeling good. If you listen to this podcast or you consume any sort of ways to better yourself, whether it be podcasts, books, films, talks, etc., cetera, then you have a desire, a propensity to evolve, which is such a beautiful thing. I myself obviously have that desire, otherwise I wouldn't be doing a podcast called Transform. But there's something that I struggle with that I wanted to share with you guys today. And this interesting thing has happened with these podcast episodes. I've realized that they're for me, maybe more than for any of you. I myself have been learning and at times even feeling called to listen back to certain episodes and reminding myself of certain insights and things that I've learned through so many different experiences, but are easy for me to forget. And so I record these and even as I record them, I feel like they have a healing power, a transformative power to them for me. But then if I listen a few days later or even a week or two later, I find that that healing transformative power comes back to me all over again. So, you know, we do things for others, but a lot of times we find that those things are often for us too. And that's really what I'm finding with this podcast. So I hope that it's helping some of you, but I have to say it's certainly helping me, (laughs) which has been awesome. It's also helping me to coalesce some of my learnings. You know, I've, I learn personally by experiencing things. I don't talk about anything unless I have spent a lot of time digging into it, transforming it, evolving myself, learning and experiencing. There's a lot of teachers out there that it's really aligned for them to speak on something that maybe they've just learned but haven't embodied yet. But for me, it's not a line to do that. So if anybody ever asks me a question and I haven't experienced something similar to it in any way, shape, or form, then I'm usually the first one to tell them, you know, I don't know, I haven't experienced that. But all the things that I've talked about are things that I've experienced. So today I think the message, you know, that I'm needing the most, and maybe for those of you that are listening you know, the universe has a beautiful way of of drawing us to the things that we need, especially when we're more open to our intuition and and being guided. So maybe for those of you that are listening today, you need this message too. So when we have this drive, this pull to heal ourselves, evolve ourselves, to transform, a lot of times we get really locked in on that process. And the more kind of educated we become about the process, I would say the more locked in we become because we hit what I call the tipping point of transformation. The tipping point of transformation is when you've transformed to a certain amount, a certain degree, you've done this kind of inner work of self-inquiry or of working with like a coach or a therapist or taking a really poignant workshop. And you have these new tools now that show you the actual step-by-step kind of process or the framework for transformation. And then this happens to everybody at at different uh, stages, different times, different degrees. I've seen people hit this tipping point of transformation within a week to two weeks to a month. I've also seen it take people a year or two. But what happens is when you really go all in on a transformative journey, you start to break free from certain things that have locked you in, from certain self-limiting beliefs or patterns, from anxiety from dis-ease, from anger, from resentment, from bitterness, anything that has um, suffocated you to a certain degree, you start to break free from. And when you get a taste of that freedom, suddenly the energy shifts. And instead of pushing yourself to transform, instead of pushing yourself because you feel like maybe you need this, all of a sudden it becomes a pull. And the pull is such a beautiful thing because it's you realize you see the liberation that transformation can give you and you see how there's more space to breathe, to be yourself. You feel a newfound sense of confidence and safety and self-empowerment and being yourself authentically. And suddenly it's just like you're running downhill. You're floating downstream. Everything feels amazing and you want more. And that's why people that you know start this self-help journey, they do want more because they feel better and they feel freer and they feel more self-empowered and it's like nothing they've ever experienced before. So this is the tipping point of transformation. So when you hit that point and then suddenly the transformative journey becomes more of a pull, you become more excited about doing the work, it becomes easier and easier to do the work, then it's an interesting point after that tipping point. Because sometimes what can happen is we get so involved in the work that our old tendencies can actually come in and start to try and grip onto the way we're doing the work. So for me, one of these tendencies is like perfectionism. It comes up and can kind of take hold. And this perfectionism, you know, I think perfectionism comes up in different ways, shapes and forms for everybody. But the way it comes up for me is a relentless, like pursuit a relentless determination or motivation to keep going. And it's very subtle, silent, insidious. I don't see it. I just feel it. And I don't feel it at first, I feel it after a time. And the way that I usually start to sense like, oh, this, this energy has creeped up again is I get a sense, I feel a little bit burned out or something happens. Like this morning, something happened to me that I wasn't expecting and it really kind of threw me. And, you know, I got a little bit triggered by this thing and, and some like old, really old fight or flight tendencies kind of kicked up. And for that to happen, I, for, for me to not be able to handle something unexpected like that with ease and with grace To me, it's always a sign that I've been lacking a little bit of self-care. I've been putting out more than I've been taking in. The exchange of energy hasn't been even in terms of giving and receiving. And when I talk about giving and receiving energy, the biggest way that I make sure that I'm receiving energy is by giving it to myself. So I'm not talking necessarily about other people giving me things, although I think that's an important thing, too. Because I think that this happens in relationships all the time. We give more than we receive. That's definitely a, um, a tendency that I have had. But when I feel a little bit triggered or, you know, I feel fight or flight kind of kick up, then I think, all right, what's really going on here? I mean, sure, there was something here that triggered me, but why am I responding this way? And a lot of times it's because of lack of self-care. It's because I've maybe been doing some overworking It's because I've been focusing so much on the journey of transformation that I've forgotten one huge, major, really integral part of transformation, which is feeling good. And so that's what I want to talk about today, like why this is so important and how to do this, really how to feel good. Now there's something, there's positive psychology, it's a type of psychology, and this branch of psychology, you know, there's a lot of talk about positive thinking, and shifting our bias, biases from negativity bias to a more positive bias from things like gratitude practices and self-affirmations, and I'm a big believer in these things, but there is a unfortunate slant to this in our ethos, which is what I call toxic positivity. And toxic positivity is when we pretend, essentially, when we're told we should be really positive, we're told by society, culture, et cetera, that we should be grateful for what we have. And so we slip into this sort of guilt tripping ourselves for not feeling more positive, for not feeling more grateful and we then pretend that we are more grateful. We pretend to be more positive. And when I say pretend, I mean that deep down underneath, we don't feel positive. We don't feel grateful. We feel like we're struggling, but because we've been told that we should be positive and feel grateful, we're, it's like we're trying this out. We're like, okay, I feel fucking shitty, but I'm just gonna try and be really positive because I've heard that being positive makes a difference. And what that's doing is it's integrating positivity without processing, and that actually is toxic positivity. So let me say that again. Toxic positivity is when we, we try to implement positive attitudes, beliefs, behaviors without processing how we're actually feeling. And what that leads to when we don't acknowledge our deep feelings and needs and we just implement positivity, what that leads to is Um, We fall out of integrity. We're not being honest about who we are and how we're feeling. We also cut us off off from ourselves because somewhere deep inside us is this voice saying, hey, I'm suffering, I'm not doing okay, I need some help. And then what we're consciously doing is saying, shh, (laughs) shh, be quiet. I'm trying to be positive over here. Like, shh, stop, stop, no, 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 just stop, stop. Everything's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You know, after my first divorce, I was consistently saying to some friends of mine, it's fine, whatever. And it was like a coping mechanism for me. And it was so funny that actually one of my friends ended up buying me a bag that had, it's fine, it's okay, it's whatever printed on it. It's fine, whatever. And, you know, that was me at the time. I mean, I knew that I could only tolerate a certain amount of processing at once. And so that was me being a little bit facetious. Like, it's obviously not fine, but I'm doing the best I can here. But it points to, I think, what was also going on at the time, which was I was pretending a little bit too. I was pretending that it was fine. And I think this is something that we do internally all the time, all of us. Even me, who I've been, you know, so deeply in studying the process of transformation and just processing from time to time, I will catch myself ignoring or pretending how I'm actually feeling deep inside. So I mention all that to say, the aspects of positive psychology can be really transformative, the practices, the tools, but we have to be really careful about toxic positivity, which is when we just try and force ourselves to be positive. We're not actually feeling that good. So how do we feel good then? This is what I have found through years of, of trying to really nail this down and of putting it into practice of integrating and really embodying it. The way that we feel good is first and foremost by listening to the voice within. I would say the voices within, because here's the thing, we all have a lot of voices within. If you are subscribed to my trigger-free workshop or you're going to subscribe soon, you will see that a lot of what I call on in some of the guided audio is to connect with some of the inner voices within in really strategic ways. But we have a lot of conflicting voices within, and it can take a certain amount of practice to learn how to talk to them and decipher what they need and what they're saying. But one thing you can do is you can just, you know, you can put your hands over your heart and you can just drop into your body for a minute and you can just say, how am I feeling? How am I feeling right now? And one of these voices within is going to let you know. It's going to let you know by the feeling that rises up or by hearing something in your mind, like a thought, like not good, overwhelmed, or tired. That's one of those parts of you telling you how you're feeling. So the first... Most important thing to feeling good is checking in with yourself to see how you're actually, actually feeling, acknowledging that, making space for it. And then the second step is processing. And my workshop, Transform, is largely giving you tools to process. It's also giving you so many tools of transformation. I mean, in there right now is almost 30 tools for transformation. Transform, I would say, is like, the workshop that is closest and dearest to my heart. Because without these tools of processing, I would not be where I am today. I would still be stuck in this mental, emotional prison. Because growing up, I didn't, I wasn't really taught how to process and feel my feelings. I felt like I couldn't. It wasn't safe for me to feel sad, angry, depressed, anxious. So I hid them all away. And It just wasn't, it didn't feel safe to me to feel my feelings when I was growing up, especially in my younger years. And so when I became an adult, I really needed to learn what processing even meant to me. Like feeling any emotion in my body felt fucking terrifying. Like it felt like a total nightmare. And so I just used this adrenaline from anxiety to keep going, 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 going. And that's how I got addicted to work and was working like 60, 70, 80 hours a week, sleeping like two to three hours a night. I mean, running myself into the ground because I was avoiding what was really going on. So I say that I share this workshop with you and my history with making this workshop to say, if you are somebody that doesn't know how to process or doesn't feel good processing, doesn't feel good feeling your feelings and and letting them out, I, oh man, I hear you. And I have a tool for you. I actually have 30 tools for you. And that is in this workshop transform, which is right now in its uh, last iteration of being updated, but will soon go on sale. So if you would like, as an aside here, a pre-sale discount, you can look in the show notes and sign up for that and be notified when it goes up. But the second step to feeling good is processing, because here's the thing. It's like, if you think of our emotions, our energy, like a pot of water. When we have unprocessed emotions and anxiety or anger, or even when we feel a little bit shut down, what's happening in that pot is the water is boiling and the steam is building and the lid is locked on. In order to feel good in a really genuine, deep, transformative way, you have to take the lid off and let a little bit of that pressure out If you don't, it's only going to get worse. You know, for years I've been saying what you resist persists and actually grows stronger. And the reason I've been saying that is because that's what I've noticed about my own anxiety, anger, emotions, even despair. With any of those feelings, if I resist feeling any of them, they will grow stronger. And I think, you know, with this day and age with positive psychology and kind of toxic positivity, we think that like, oh, if I ignore it, eventually it's going to go away. Like time heals all wounds. You guys, time does not heal all wounds. Processing heals all wounds. Typically what's happening when people even use that quote is that over time they've done some processing. But if you're somebody that doesn't feel comfortable processing, and I mean like, every day you can't drop into your body to do a little bit of processing to release some of that steam from that pot, then time is not going to heal your wounds. Time's going to make it worse. So we need the skills, the skill sets to be able to feel safe and good in our body to drop in and process these emotions to acknowledge them. And if we don't, what, what we resist persists and often grows stronger. And by the way, hilariously, like a week ago, I saw that Carl Jung, the famous psychologist, Carl Jung said the same thing. He said, what you resist, persist, and will often actually just increase or amplify. So we have to process, you know, the first thing is identifying, the second thing is processing. And then when you process, this interesting thing happens where, you know, when you release some of that steam out of the pot, you get a little bit of space. It's like you can breathe. Just like, oh, whoo. And I have to say, you know, for 15, 20 years, I I couldn't cry. (laughs) Like if this, if this tells you anything about somebody that's not able to process emotions, like I could not cry. I could occasionally cry in like a movie, something that didn't have anything to do with me. But if I was emotional, I had a really hard time crying. Um, Every now and then, like if I were to get into a argument with a partner, uh, a few tears would come out. But I mean, for the most part, when I would just try and like process something or try and start crying, like I couldn't cry. But in the last five years, five, six, seven years, I have done everything within my power to get those tears flowing again. And let me tell you, there's not no greater release than crying. But there's other releases too, like screaming. You can scream into a pillow, you know, scream in your car. That's a really great place to scream. But there's certain like exercises that you can do to to release some of that tension. And when you do, As you have found, I'm sure, at some point in your life, you get this release, this space. And that's the space that you can walk into to start to feel good. Here's the interesting thing, though, about those of us that have a tinge of perfectionism or some part of them that really drives them to continue transforming. Or if we have a certain goal in mind, like, say, we're trying to find a new career or we're trying to make money. Or we're trying to achieve something, or we have a lot of to-do items with our kids, or we have certain things that that we think we need to do with friends, family, etc. Whatever. I'm just saying, like, if you have a lot going on, a lot of times what will happen is if you're good at processing, maybe you'll acknowledge and process, but then you'll, like, move right into the next thing. Or you'll think, I don't deserve to feel good yet because I haven't achieved this. Or, and this is all usually subconscious, you don't know that you're doing this. But we have like a limit to how good we can feel, or we only allow ourselves to feel good if certain things happen. Like if we're, it's a reward for something, right? Like we're taught, you know, growing up in school that, you know, we celebrate when we succeed, but we're not very often taught in childhood and, and, and in our schooling system, et cetera, that it's good just to feel good, that we should play, that we should enjoy our lives, that we should just feel good, and that we all deserve to feel good. You right now listening to this, yes, you, you deserve to feel good. And when I say that, what I mean is you deserve to feel good all the time. You don't have to earn feeling good. Just you living as a human being means that you deserve to feel good. I deserve to feel good we all deserve to feel good. But especially you out there right now that is feeling this message really hard, you deserve to feel good. So we identify, we process, and then we feel good. Then we do things to feel good. And here's the thing, even if you don't, don't know how to identify her process, you deserve to feel good too. And you can do things to make yourself feel good. And sometimes when we... Perform radical acts of self care. We make radical moves. We do radical things to to take care of ourselves. It actually releases some of that tension. It creates a space for us to feel, to process, and to release some of that tension. I think that if you are somebody that works really, really hard all the time, that feels that's a caretaker of a lot of other people. Sometimes we have to really step into this in a radical way. We have to say, hold on, I'm going to reprioritize my life and I'm going to make my number one priority feeling good. And in order to feel good, I'm going to perform radical acts of self-care. I'm going to take a day off, maybe even when I think I shouldn't. I'm going to take a really long bath with some new bath salts that I just bought. I'm going to watch a movie and some popcorn, even though I still have work to do. I'm going to ask my partner to take the kids into school so that I can meditate or go on my morning walk. I'm going to just start prioritizing myself a little bit more. Because you know what? I deserve to feel good. Here's the thing about feeling good. When you feel good, everything changes. When you allow yourself to feel good, everything changes. The work that felt burdensome all of a sudden feels easier. The task that you had to do, you all of a sudden have more space around them. When you're not pressuring yourself, when when this part of you that's pushing you internally all the time is told, hey, chill out for a bit because we're just going to feel good. You get to feel good too this part inside me, you get to feel good too. It's like we can breathe. When we give give ourselves permission to feel good, that's like the first most important thing is like give yourself permission to feel good and then step into this practice with radical acts of self-love and self-care. You know, I think that I really needed this message today because I've got a lot going on. I'm constantly putting out content and it's something that I love to do, but oftentimes I find that the balance of energy that I'm outputting is a little off balance and I will have something happen that reminds me that, whoa, what am I doing for myself? What am I doing for myself? How am I taking care of myself? What am I doing to feel good? So today... I'm going to feel good this whole next weekend. It's my, it's my birthday and I'm going to feel good. That is my only goal for the next few days is to just take care of myself, perform radical acts of self-care and to just feel good because I deserve that. And man, you deserve that too. You deserve that too. So if you walk away from, this podcast episode with one thing, let it be this, a permission slip from me to you, from your higher self to you, from you to you to feel good, a permission slip that you give yourself today to feel good. And maybe that means it's an hour today. Maybe that means it's 20 minutes. Maybe that means it's five minutes. Maybe that means it's all day. Maybe that means it's for the next few days. Maybe that means it's been the next few weeks, but give yourself a permission slip to feel good. Because if there's one thing I've learned on this journey of transformation and on the journey of manifesting, attracting the things we want, desire, and need, there is no greater accelerant to both of those things, transformation and attracting what we want with manifesting There's no greater accelerant to those things than feeling good. And I don't mean toxic positivity and pretending. I mean acknowledging, processing, and then moving into a space of feeling good, practicing radical acts of self care and self love. And when you do that, your energy changes. And guess what? Everything around you changes too. So if you needed to hear this message today, take action from what you've heard, practice a radical act of self care, self love, do something for yourself. And right now, if you dare, just whisper to yourself, I deserve to feel good. I deserve to feel good. I deserve to feel good. Thanks for tuning in today. If you, if you know of someone else that could use this message, that you know they are overworked and that they deserve to feel good, send this message to them. And I deeply, deeply appreciate your ratings and reviews. It just, it gives me a little something back, you know, makes me know that people are listening, people are liking it and to, to continue. So thank you so much for those. And thanks for tuning in. I know that your time is valuable and I so deeply appreciate it until next time. Be well, my friends.